Hello, hello, Leah Pika here. Today's guest is my book. We're going to learn the number one thing that's missing from data storytelling, and oops, I just gave it away. Stay tuned to hear the storytelling secret on the Present Beyond Measure Show, episode 79. Welcome to the Present Beyond Measure Show, a podcast at the intersection of analytics, data visualization, and presentation awesomeness. You'll learn the best tips, tools, and techniques for creating analytics visualizations and presentations that inspire data-driven decisions and move you forward. If you're ready to get your insights understood and acted upon, you're in the right place. And now your host, Leah Pika. Hello, my dear listener, and welcome to the 79th episode of the Present Beyond Measure show and kicking off the fall season of 2022. It's still the only podcast at the intersection of presentation, data visualization, storytelling, and analytics. This is the place to be if you're ready to make maximum impact and create credibility through your thoughtfully presented insights and ideas. Today's episode is another top secret book snippet from my upcoming data storytelling book, Story Driven Data, where we are putting the story back in storytelling. So be sure to stay tuned in to find out what that means. But before we get rolling, I have just a few key updates for you. First, a shout out to the Yankees Win 25 for leaving such an awesome review for the show. They said, I started listening to this podcast while searching for Anne K. Emery content and initially had some doubts about an audio-only podcast on data visualization, data management, and presentation. But Leah definitely pulled it off. I think by also sharing her and her guests' thought process on a topic or subtopic is tremendously helpful for the data-centric listener. Congrats on a worthwhile podcast, Leah. Oh, thank you so much for that support. And if you also love the show, please be sure to leave a review in podcasts or Spotify if you find this to be a useful resource. And I may read yours next. All right, as usual, I'm excited because, well, today's guest is a project that is very near and dear to my heart that you might be have heard about. It's my book. So without further ado, let's dive in. Book snippet from Story Driven Data. Chapter 1.6. Tell an actual story. No guts, no story. Chris Brady. Question for you. What's the difference between your Tuesday campaign readout and Game of Thrones? Give up? One is data, and the other is a story. During every single one of my training workshops and conference sessions, I ask my audience to stop and think about the most memorable stories of our time. The ones that move them, change them, transform them. Certain movies, books, myths, and fables usually come to mind. Perhaps you think of The Odyssey, Romeo and Juliet, The Wizard of Oz, The Shawshank Redemption, Forrest Gump, or Breaking Bad. For me, it's Benedict Cumberbatch's turn as Khan in Star Trek Into Darkness. I see you fellow closet Cumber Trekkies. Then I ask the audience to call out the elements they can think of in those stories. I usually end up with a list that looks like this. Relatable and endearing characters, despicable villains, an intriguing plot, surprising twists and turns, a dramatic climax, and a satisfying conclusion. 
with an occasional red herring shouted like, John Williams! (laughs) That actually happened. And I'm in complete agreement, of course. Then, I display two extremely crowded data slides, and I ask the audience to think about how they relate the elements we just talked about to the actual presentation slides. The crowd goes predictably silent with some awkward twittering. I continue with, okay, so there's some data and lots of other stuff, but do you see any of the actual story elements we just talked about? No? Well, that's because this is not a story. The thing is, there's a story in there somewhere, but it's kind of hard to find, right? The audience soberly nods in understanding. I empathize. They can see the stark contrast between what makes a story and the cluttered nonsensical slides before them. I sense that they feel uncomfortably familiar with the latter. That's why if there's one chapter in this book to infuse into your DNA, it's this one. This is where your big shift will happen. Data storytelling. It's not what you may think. Despite the rise of, quote, data storytelling has the business buzzword du jour, it's still a mystery to most practitioners. I'll give the simplest definition possible. A story is a compilation of characters, circumstances, and events with a beginning, a middle, and an end, which all lead to a transformation. If your data presentation were a movie, the message would be the tagline and the story would be the film itself. The story is the meat and potatoes of your session, or beans if you're veggie, and it supports and reinforces the overarching theme. Unfortunately, the only thing most current data presentations have in common with that definition is a beginning and an end signaled by our calendar alarms. This is a huge lost opportunity, as illustrated by a research exercise made famous by Chip Heath, Stanford professor and co-author of Made to Stick. In it, Heath describes how he tests his students to see whether facts supersede story. He instructs them to give one-minute speeches to persuade their class about a societal issue. Within 10 minutes after hearing the speeches, the students document every idea they can recall. What are the consistent results? When students are asked to recall the speeches, 63% remember the stories. Only 5% remember any individual statistic, end quote. That is a considerable difference and incredibly important. This corroborates a valuable neuroscientific finding. Facts and data, often the backbone of our data presentations, are only capable of stimulating two areas of the left hemisphere of our brain, which are responsible for language and analysis. A well-told story, on the other hand, activates seven distinct regions on both left and right sides. No other element of presentation can accomplish this feat. In fact, you may remember this fact in the future because now you know a story behind it. That is why story is so powerful. It helps you meet the first goal we have of maintaining our audience's attention by firing their brains on all cylinders. This begs the question, are the decisions we make during meetings truly data-driven or perhaps story-driven? This is best answered by Ryan Levesque, the mastermind behind a wildly popular business framework called the ASK method. 
He once said, people buy with emotions and then justify with logic. Think about that for a moment. Was it data like iPhone storage capacity and processing power that whipped Apple customers into a frenzy at the Macworld keynote? Of course not. It was the emotions that Steve Jobs elicited during his keynote by painting a clear picture of how the iPhone would change their lives. We humans can't simply shut off our emotional centers at will to make purely data-driven decisions. While the data we provide should be free from bias and manipulation, the storytelling part is more pivotal than we realize. The reality is that story and emotions drive decisions and data substantiates them. Story is also powerful for presenting data because of the empathy it elicits in our audience. Researcher Paul J. Zak runs the neuroscience lab that discovered the relationship between oxytocin release and the feeling of safety in the world. His research led him to an exciting discovery that has implications for leveraging story to create influence. Oxytocin is produced when we are trusted or shown a kindness, and it motivates cooperation with others. It does this by enhancing the sense of empathy, our ability to experience others' emotions, end quote. Zach observed this importance in a subsequent experiment where his team found that character-driven narratives, quote, consistently cause oxytocin synthesis. Further, the amount of oxytocin released by the brain predicted how much people were willing to help others, end quote. Did you catch that? Telling compelling character-driven stories inspires audiences to help people. Can you think of a people whom you're trying to inspire your audience to help? (laughs) The customer. (coughs) Mm, It's dusty in here. So when my audiences routinely ask me what the number one thing missing from data stories is, my answer is simply a story. But more specifically, a facet of story that is mostly absent in all presentations today, the narrative arc. The arc is a mysterious, intangible force. It is invisible to the naked eye, but it carries the weight of an entire story on its shoulders. Intrigued? Excellent. Let's read on. Narrative arc, used interchangeably with story arc, refers to the shape and structure of a story. As before, it's not something you visually perceive in a story, but rather organizes the components of story in a way where they flow to create drama, relief, and transformation. Two of the more familiar story structures you may have heard of are the three-act play, beginning, middle, and end, and Joseph Campbell's Hero's Journey. We've already described the three-act play. It's the one with the beginning, middle, and end. The hero's journey is more intricate. It breaks down the passage of the hero through three main phases of departure, initiation, and return, plus a multitude of sub-phases with esoteric names like apotheosis, woman as the temptress, and belly of the whale. (laughs) Fascinating, yet maybe not practical for business purposes. I find the three-act structure too simplistic and the hero's journey too complex for presenting data in a business meeting context. Luckily, as would delight our beloved nursery heroine Goldilocks, there is a structure in the middle that feels just right. Gustav Freytag, German novelist and playwright, 
is best known for his analysis of the three-act play. He more granularly defines that structure with a bell curve shape demarcated by five distinct plot points. I'll explain each of those plot points in the context of traditional cinematic, film and TV, and presentation contexts. We'll use the matrix as a comparative template as it exemplifies the best of the three-act structure and the hero's journey as well. The five-step narrative arc structure. Step one, exposition. Exposition sets the stage. Here, we weave a tapestry of the time and place, current events, and characters, including identifying the hero or heroine. We meet Neo, our reluctant anti-hero, and see his bland cityscape in our current timeline. For a data presentation, this is where you would review the backdrop of your topic, the marketing campaign, and the ad creative, the A-B test parameters, or whatever information is needed to understand what's to come. Step two, rising action, the conflict. Our hero encounters their first obstacles and villain. This stage is dubbed rising because it elevates tension, and when done well, the audience's blood pressure. The challenges are ominous. The villain is dastardly. Neo is extracted from the Matrix by Trinity and team after being targeted by the synthetic program Agent Smith and joins the resistance against the machines. For you, this is where you begin to reveal your insights and expose the conflict, which is either a problem or an opportunity in the data. A conflict can be either positive or negative because it is simply something that stands in the way of what the hero wants. You might open with the expected key performance indicators or show an insight everyone anticipated. But to raise the action, you show them something they didn't expect. Perhaps you dug deeper into a customer segment and found an anomaly, or the predicted test winner didn't pull through. This is where you want to build suspense so that they're primed for the big shoe drop during the climax, step three. The hero is now in most treacherous territory, and the stakes are at their highest. Here, decisions mean victory or failure. Smith and his agents engage Neo in an epic deathmatch, and we're not sure if he's going to make it out of the Matrix alive. This is where you would want to show your stakeholders the most impactful or uncomfortable part of the insight. They see just how challenging this problem may be to solve if immediate action isn't taken, that it's only going to get worse. Most importantly, this is also where you want to show them what they stand to lose by not taking decisive action. You agitate the feeling of loss, the power of which I'll explain in a few chapters. Step four, falling action, the plan. The tides are turning in favor of the hero, and victory is on the horizon. The tension begins to dissipate like air from a balloon. Trinity's love resuscitates Neo out of his brush with death, and he comes alive with the power to bend the Matrix and defeat Agent Smith. This phase is where your action plan or recommendations really shine. You bring the audience's agitation down with your calm and collected strategy. Never fear, help is near. You show everything they need to make this recommendation a reality and demonstrate what they stand to gain by enacting it. And now that you've deftly walked them over the arc, they are super receptive to hearing your plan because they want a solution and now. 
Step five, denouement, resolution. Denouement is fancy français for resolution to the conflict. This signals the hero's transformation and or the happy ending. Neo has defeated the agents and the system behind the machines now knows that they have a formidable new opponent on their hands. He is on his way to helping the resistance fight for their freedom. This is where your recommendations are discussed, approved, and assigned. The plan is now in place. They should leave the meeting with a pronounced feeling of relief, knowing that solutions are on the horizon and they're in the driver's seat of making them happen. Now, in the final resolution step, our hero lands in a space above the place they originally started. This signifies their transformation. Whether the ending is happy or not, the hero has transformed in some way. They will never be the same again, now with their newfound knowledge, wisdom, abilities, or perspectives. Done right, the insights you share and action plan you propose will facilitate the transformation of your audience. So always ask yourself, what is the transformation you wish to inspire? Begin with the end in mind, and you begin on the right foot. Like Neo's White Rabbit, story will find you once you know what to look for. I encourage you to come into greater awareness of this tool as you find stories in this book and how stories are woven into the tapestry of our lives. Look for story structure in movies, television, and even your kids' bedtime books. Now, take a moment to reflect on the contrast between the structure I just showed you and the structure of most run-of-the-mill data presentations delivered today. Title slide with statement of topic. Executive summary of all data in a list of bullets. First slide of graphs and bullets. Second slide of graphs and bullets. Third slide of graphs and bullets. 47th slide of graphs and bullets. A few loose recommendations that may or may not be related to the data. And profit. (laughs) So do you see a difference? Your audience may not see it, but they will feel it and their feelings are key to achieving your objective. To be clear, I'm not saying decisions should be driven from a purely emotional place, especially not our dubious, quote, gut instincts. I'm saying that trying to influence decisions from a purely rational place is harder than if you leverage emotion as well. The role you play in the story. To close this chapter, I'd like to use several storytelling techniques to empower you with a helpful mindset for the roles that our stakeholders and we play in the story of data presentation. I'm going to reference what is arguably the most excellent story of all time. Of course, it's Star Wars. (laughs) So picture your favorite Star Wars characters, if you're a fellow fan. We start with the central protagonist and antagonist, Luke Skywalker and Darth Vader the classic incarnations of good and evil. Let's begin with Darth, the quintessential villain. Based on how South business meetings can go, everyone has an opinion on who the villain is. But in this story, Darth Vader is not anyone at the conference table. Vader represents the challenges and obstacles your stakeholders face that are interfering with success. 
Vader is the nose-diving conversion rate, the broken product images, the increased competition driving up your advertising costs. The true villain in every presentation is whatever is standing in the way of your audience's success. Now, I'm getting the sense that you, the practitioner-presenter, wish to be Luke. Everyone wants to be the hero. But alas, we are not. Rather, your stakeholders are Luke. Remember, your audience is the centerpiece of the presentation process. If you're going to do this right and show up to the presentation process from a lens of service, then you're going to make your stakeholders the hero of your data story. Well, if the audience is Luke and their obstacles are Darth, who does that make us? If you said Master Yoda, you're correct. You are the audience's guide. You are their sensei, their master splinter, their Mr. Miyagi. You and your insights are the lightsaber that will lead them to their own victory. Hopefully, that is a useful mindset for understanding how to approach your role in the presentation process. And to transmit that mindset, I use the following cinematic storytelling elements. Relatable characters, a surprising turn of events, a tense climax, and a satisfying resolution, or at least I hope. You see how this works? When I began incorporating story and narrative arc into my data presentations, everything changed. This is precisely why I decided to inform data-driven decisions with story-driven data. Your numbers make up your data, but it is your story that will create insight and inspire action. So I hope you found this book snippet valuable. Narrative Arc is one of the cornerstones of my methodology and of storytelling in general, and it's essential to get right when translating numbers and graphs into a path toward success for your stakeholders. To catch any of the links or check out my latest speaking docket, visit the show notes page at leahpika.com slash 079. I'd love if you could leave me a comment or suggestions because I want to hear about the challenges you face when presenting information and insights. And I'll leave you with today's presentation inspiration by Dr. Howard Gardner, professor at Harvard University. And that is stories constitute the single most powerful weapon in a leader's arsenal. My take? Mm, That pretty much says it all. (laughs) It's preaching to the choir right here. So I'll leave it there. And that's it for today. Stay well, stay in the spotlight, and namaste. Namaste.